0: Hey mamas, you're listening to the Balanced Working Mama podcast, the only podcast teaching you how to balance your work, motherhood, and wellness. I am Dr. Amber Thornton, clinical psychologist and mama wellness consultant. Each week we dive into tips and strategies and much more so that you too can become a balanced working mama. Let's dive in. Hey mamas, how are you doing? I hope all is well. This is Dr. Amber with the Balanced Working Mama podcast. Um, It's early where I am. Well, it's not super early, it's about seven in the morning um, on a Sunday because you all know I typically record on Sundays and I am definitely feeling a little tired but also refreshed. And I know that that sounds strange, but let me tell you about the weekend that I had. So, um, I'm actually recording this a week early. Um, when you hear this, it'll be a week after I'm recording this, but this weekend I had a really nice 24 hours (laughs) with my husband. Um, we sent the kids away we went on a date friday night and then we spent the whole day together on saturday and it was just so nice to reconnect with him and um you know just hang out with him do fun stuff but then also just with that not have very much to do at all so with that i I feel a little bit more clarity i feel refreshed but i also feel tired and you know what it is It's because we went out to eat twice and, you know, lately I've really been on it with regard to what I'm eating and what I'm consuming. And I've noticed that I have a lot more energy when I am eating things and foods that align with my health plan and my health goals. But Friday and Saturday, I said, fuck all that. And I ate everything I wanted. <laughs> and I'm, I whew, it felt good. And now I'm, I'm feeling tired because of it. And I'm noticing that the more... Um, I move forward in my health journey when it comes to nutrition, um, on days where I kind of just, you know, relax and have like a cheat day or whatever. I feel it. I feel it. So today I'm definitely going to be drinking a lot of water. I'm planning to juice today with my son so I can have some fresh juice, um, and getting back to my protein and my veggies and my things like that. (laughs) um otherwise y'all i'm feeling really good i'm i'm really excited about the podcast right now um this season you all noticed we have a ton of interviews and i really appreciate the mamas who have agreed to Be interviewed on the podcast. I I love that y'all are loving the interviews. You all have not heard very much from me this season. Um, And I think it's because this season was really one of building and growth for me as I really launched the community and got things off the ground. You know, this season I kind of felt like I don't have a ton to say. And so I don't want to get on the podcast and just talk for the heck of talking i really want to be adding value to you all in your lives and so this season um was definitely the perfect time for me to bring on a few more interviews But my my goal is that next season on the podcast, I will be back to provide some more information specifically around our balance framework. That's what I'm wanting to do. Um, And I also have a plan for how that will align a bit with um, some of the things we'll be talking about in the community. So I'm excited for that. But until then, I hope you all are enjoying these interviews. We have one this week. We have another one next week. And then the week after that is our final episode of the season so that I can kind of take a little bit of break before we come back in April. Anywho, I am excited for you all to hear today's interview. It is about finding wellness while you are mothering a child with different needs. And today I talk with Dr. Marjorie Shavers and I I love her because One, she was a past member of the Empower Wellness Program. She has really done well in that program. She is now a mama in our community. And so I get a ton of interaction and and contact with her in our community, but then also before when she was in Empower Wellness Program. And I've really been so impressed by her willingness and openness to really um, transform her life when it comes to wellness. As you will hear in the interview, Dr. Marjorie is a very busy academic. She is um, an academic professional, so she has a very demanding job, as well as parenting her son Matthew, who has Down syndrome. And so I asked her a ton of questions about what her experience is like, but then also how she's navigating balance and wellness and and what this all means for her. And I really appreciate her openness to talk about such a personal experience on this podcast. So I hope that y'all enjoy this. If you believe that there's a mama out there who might benefit from an episode like this, please do share it with her and let's get into it. Hey, mamas, we have another special guest today. I'm so excited to talk to her because, well, one, I'm, I'm, I am always enjoy talking to her, but also she's a past empower Wellness mama. She is also a mama in our community. Um, and we're going to be chatting today about her unique experiences of motherhood. Um, so I'm actually going to let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit more about um, herself. So Marjorie, please let us know who you are and, and tell us a little bit about you and why you're here today.
1: Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here, y'all. I love Dr. Amber. Um, I'm Dr. Marjorie Shavers. Um, I am a licensed professional clinical counselor and also a licensed professional school counselor. I currently serve as a department head of our counseling leadership and special education department um, in higher ed. I have a three-year-old named Matthew who has Down syndrome, and he is just such a joy, Um, I'm also married to my husband, um, Josh. Um, Let's see, what else do you need to know about me? I'm a graduate of The Ohio State University and a huge Buckeye. So um, that's a lot of my life. And I'm a huge sports fanatic. So I'm always doing something as it relates to sports. You know
0: what? I feel like we've never like, truly had a moment to connect over the fact that we both went to Ohio
1: State. Right? Know that? Like, do you know that about me? So I saw your, I think maybe your husband in your, like an Instagram had on Ohio State sweatshirt. Yes. And
0: I was like- we Went to Ohio State too. We both I did not
1: know that. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, no wonder. I mean, just that just crazy. helps understand so the greatness. Like another reason. To-
0: <laughs> yeah, I graduated okay.
1: Now I'm trying to count
0: 29 2009. 20 oh, 2000. 2009. Okay. He graduated um, 2004. It took a little bit longer. 2011, I believe he was Okay. I was in
1: so I was there when you were there cuz I was there Started in a 01 because I did, you know, undergrad, master's, and I graduated with my PhD in 2010.
0: Wow. Yes,
1: yeah, so I was there for almost a decade. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. Yeah, I was there from 2005 to 2009.
1: Okay. Yes, yeah, so then- I graduated undergrad in 05.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. So it makes sense that we didn't really cross paths, but yeah. yeah I was there. (laughs) Good place. Good place. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Well, again, I'm so happy to talk with you. I always love speaking with you. And, you know, I I really wanted to bring you on the podcast to talk more specifically about your experiences of being a mom, parenting a child with Down syndrome. um, Or I know there are mamas who are listening to this and who might um, be able to relate to some of this, even if their child doesn't have Down syndrome, they might have children with other different needs. And you know, I, I feel that there are some unique experiences that you shared on Instagram, but just also um, through knowing you that um, can be challenging and, and different from mamas who maybe um, don't have children with different needs. And so I really wanted to bring you on and just talk about that a little bit more. And I'm so glad you're open to it. And so I guess the first question I wanted to just have you talk a little bit more about um, your motherhood journey. Like, how did you get here? A little bit more about, you know, how motherhood has been for you so far.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. My husband and I, we would joke before having kids saying, when people were like, oh, when are you gonna have kids? We'd say like, we want a possible, like, we're not sure if we really want to have a kid. Um, And then like something changed shortly around the time we started to have, um, think about having children where we both felt like we really wanted to be parents. And so that was really great because you know (laughs) we both kind of got into this like "Mm, i'm not sure and so it was really important that we were on the same page as we transitioned into you know wanting to have children um and you know it was not quick for us um i think we tried for about a year and a half um had i finally started going to a fertility clinic and was about to start getting additional fertility treatment then i ended up getting pregnant Um, and so it was a very rough pregnancy from the start. I mean, there were a lot of complications. Um, I was very sick at the time I worked about an hour away from where, um, I lived. And so I would leave two hours early because I would often have to pull over to get sick. Um, and I think about in particular, and this just kind of shows, you know, I was, Super, both of us were super focused on our careers and sort of just what we wanted to do and define for ourselves. And so I think from the very beginning, I was juggling that. And so, for instance, we had a very important accreditation visit. It was really important that I be there. I was the director at the time. I remember going to the last meeting where the president was there and I had to call my administrative assistant and I had to say, like, I might be late because I cannot stop pulling over and getting sick. Um, It worked out. I got there. Everything went well. Um, Actually was put on bed rest early into the pregnancy. I believe maybe around four months I was put on bed rest. And so that was also a huge challenge. Um, Thinking about like, okay, work is the way that I'm going to be working is changing really dramatically, really quickly. So originally I had this plan, I was going to get everything together. I was going to have everything buttoned up. I was going to have Matthew at this perfect time right before a break. And that just, that's just not what happened. Um, and so that was a huge transition for me and my team. And then Matthew came early. So Matthew came at 26 weeks. So about four, four months early. And so for me, um, it really helped just put things into perspective. Like all of that planning that I did did not matter once he was here. Um, I was actually applying for tenure at the time. My water broke. I was right in my tenure portfolio (laughs) and I did not, um, I did not care. Like I was like, if I don't get tenure, I don't get tenure. Like my kid is here. Luckily my university was amazing. They gave me the time that I needed. Um, But yeah, so that was kind of my journey into motherhood. Oh my gosh.
0: And I love hearing those stories because I feel like everybody's journey into motherhood is so Mm -hmm. different. And for you, it feels like it was definitely like a very, I don't even know the words. Like it was like definitely not a quiet time. (laughs) It was a very, yeah, yeah. Like Matthew came in kicking Mm -hmm. and screaming, like, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Everything needs to pause. Like, and you know, like you said, and I think this, so many of us can relate to this, like many of us kind of like work up until the moment.
1: Yeah.
0: Our children get here, especially those of us who have these, you know, professional degrees and Mm -hmm. very professional careers, you know, we're working until the moment, um, you know, that our child gets here. And so I know for you that that was a a big transition Um, and you're, you're continuing to work towards. um, So yeah, like, Thank you for telling <laughs> us that story. And so Matthew, in your story, Matthew is here. And so what did that mean for you in terms of your parenting? But then also I, I really want to get into what does a typical day-to-day look like for you um, while parenting Matthew? And so if you maybe can take us through Matthew being here, but then also like what a typical day-to-day looks like for you now
1: yeah,
0: at his age of three years old. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think in the moment it, for me, there was no, and I don't know, I I don't know what it's like, this is my first child. So I'm not sure how other mothers come into motherhood, but there was no like moment where you're in the hospital and you bring your child and you're like, we're so in love. I mean, it was extremely traumatic. I was put to sleep in order to have a C-section because of some other things that were going on. So I woke up, um, and the first thing they were saying is like, you need to pump because they want you know, my milk to come, you know, you're 26 weeks. Um, and I, luckily Matthew could be hailed. There are a lot of moms um, who have what considered micropremies that are, you know, he was one pound, six ounces. And so parents can't hold them because they're not stable enough. And so luckily Matthew could be hailed. And I felt like that was just critical for me on my journey. Like that skin to skin was just critical. Um and so I was lucky enough that I had a job where I could be in the hospital every day holding Matthew for hours. Everyone doesn't have that um privilege and so you know I think we really bonded in the hospital and you know I that still plays out to this day. Um so when you ask what a typical day looks like um it depends. <laughs> if we're at home he is attached to me. Um uh, <laughs> we, I will put him like, let's say three feet away and somehow he will be attached to me. And if he could get like inside of me, he would do that. <laughs> um, but, you know, a typical day uh, we wake up, we're, you know, doing your typical stuff that I assume parents are doing. We're singing songs, we're getting dressed, we're brushing teeth. Um, Matthew is not yet walking or talking. And so at three, there are a lot of, um, Things that I'm assuming your kids are doing that, that he is not. And so one of the blessings for me, I believe is that like Matthew is my first. And so I don't have, um, I'm not grieving what other parents are grieving in some ways um, because I don't know what that's like. So every once in a while, I'll see someone's three-year-old, you know, like have a conversation and my heart will, you know, wrench a little bit because I'm like, oh my gosh. But for the most part, I'm really present with Matthew Um, so we get up, he, we have breakfast, um, mainly because he has decided he's not eating at school right now. So, um, we do breakfast here so that at least I know he gets something before he leaves. We do, um, his medication. He came home on a bunch. Now he's only on, you know, two. So he takes his medicine. Luckily he's really laid back about that. Usually, um, we get dressed and, you know, he's off to school usually, um, now that could change depending on what's going on. So he has a ton of appointments. Um, he so sometimes we are I'm off and we're going to um, Children's Hospital for a bunch of different appointments that he has. Um, a lot of those are follow up appointments, just following the sort of the pro- the progression of his health, um, just from being born so early. Um, he wears orthotics, so like on his feet to give him more support. And so sometimes we're going to get those sized before, you know, before he goes into school. Um, he has a pulmonologist, a cardiologist, um, endocrinologist, a n- neurologist. I think that's it now. Um, when he first came home from the hospital in any given week, we would have five doctor's appointments from, with different specialists. Um, and then I think I counted, so a year after he left, and a lot of these fall on like the year, um, in one week he had eight appointments. And so that is not the norm anymore. <laughs> um, we're usually doing one appointment to two a week um, because he recently started preschool. And so at preschool, he, you know, I'm trying to treat it like school So I try not to take him out of that as much. And so now we're doing a lot more appointments in the evening. He has speech therapy twice a week in the evenings. Um, At school, he has PT, OT, and speech. Um, And that's physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy. Um, Yeah, so we get home. You know, one of the things that I think is different that um, is my son can't tell me how his day was. Um, And so I can pick it up based off of his mood, his interactions, how he's doing. Um, so one of the things that I've really had to do is, you know, sort of advocate to his instructors, like I need to know what's going on. And so his teacher has an app where she sends me sort of an update of his day. I talk to him about that. She tells me like what books he read, things like that. So, you know, I don't know if he's understanding, but we talk about that. We have dinner together. Um, and then we're starting bedtime, uh, you know, if he hasn't had, if he doesn't have a therapy, if he has therapy, we're usually eating in the car and then we're starting bedtime as soon as we get home. But if he does not, we're eating as a family and then starting bedtime.
0: Wow. I'm so impressed by you, Uh, um, for a few reasons. I I don't know why you made that face. Like (laughs) I, I really am because I just think, and again, I think you kind of spoke to it. Like, and again, I think this is something that, many moms can relate to you know our experience is our experience and that's what we know and so like me hearing your experience I'm thinking oh my goodness I don't know how I would do that um but it's it's possible that I would figure it out if if that was my experience you know what I'm saying so I think I'm impressed by um you know your resilience and your ability to like do the things that in my mind feel like really big things um but I'm also just really impressed by your willingness to share some of this because I think again there are a lot of mamas who are listening um, who kind of just need that validation of like yeah this is what my life sounds like too and 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 whoo I'm glad that it's it's not just me But also I'm realizing like as you were talking, like I know today, you know, the focus of our episode is talking about your experience as a mom um, with Matthew who has Down syndrome, but I'm, I'm realizing like a lot of this too, like your experience is as a NICU mom, if, if that's how you would kind of, yeah,
1: absolutely, like,
0: um, and having a, a preemie, like all of that is a, a super mm-hmm. unique experience too. That there's like a, a community for that. I know that like you know mamas with those identities like really can bond. Um, and that's not an experience I've had. So I, I'm now I'm realizing that too. Like wow, this experience is it's there's so much of it like intersecting and integrating yep. for You're talking yeah. about,
1: yeah, and you know even. A lot of the things that he's going through, you know, if you're born premature that early, a lot of times developmentally, you might not be where your peers are, and so it's hard to even know is it Down syndrome? Is it because he's a micro preemie? Like, we don't know. I mean, there's just so much that you know, just interwoven, there's so much intersectionality, and just that part of, of his health, mm-hmm.
0: and even like even with that, I'm thinking again, there's just my mind is like doing all these things in my head, like, I'm just thinking well, about. <laughs> Well, for instance, if you're in a community, um, you know, with other parents uh, of children with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. you and Matthew's experience might be yep. yeah.
1: because
0: yep. their babies were not preemies um, full term. And so there might not be as many complications or, you know, extra things that mm-hmm. they are doing that you all are doing because he's a preemie. Um, so, wow. <laughs> yeah. But well, is that, I guess, is that something that you have experienced in the journey, like navigating certain communities, um, yeah, but absolutely. Like it's not always the perfect fit because there are so many like overlapping identity yeah. experiences.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, kids with Down syndrome are typically born early, but I think the average is, I believe, four to eight weeks where Matthew was born, you know, six, 14 weeks early, something like that. Um, And so, yeah, it's different. And then the micro preemie community is parents of micro preemies, usually kids. I believe you have to be under two pounds, Um, but a lot of their kiddos don't have down syndrome. And so, you know, I wanna say I found one mom who had a 26 weeker and who has down syndrome, um, but she's white. And so like, I also think being a black mom of a kid with down syndrome, um and being a micro and sort of all of the things that we navigate when working with doctors um I think that's very different um so one of the things that I have found is there are moms with just like medically complicated children who are black who you know we have different experiences and needs but we also have very similar needs and so that's been really interesting just being able to find like where do we fit And the reality is we probably just don't fit anywhere. And I I like that. Like, you know, we just forge our own way. I like that
0: too. I mean, because it's like, you know, like you said, you forge your own way Mm -hmm. and you know, you're, yeah, you're forging your own way. And I think we all need to feel confident in doing that, even when it's not totally comfortable sometimes, you know, I, I my hope is that Matthew can grow up and, and feel comfortable in any space that he is yep, in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, maybe this experience of like kind of navigating, you know, these spaces where like, oh, this is not the perfect fit. This isn't fit. But mm-hmm. I know my mom and dad are here with me. Yep. We got it. Yep. And we're going to get through this. Absolutely. And so, you know, I feel like he's learning so many really valuable lessons and you are too. And so, you know, I, that actually kind of goes into my next question. I want to kind of pivot to talk about you and your wellness and so you know of course you and I connected because you participated in empower wellness program you're in the Balanced working mama community and so I know that you um really do care about your wellness and your well-being no matter how hard it is and so you know my question for you is what are some specific challenges that you have found that you've had to navigate as you you know try to prioritize your wellness
1: So, I mean, I think probably one of the biggest challenges is just time. Um, When I think about, you know, I also really care about my career. And so like, I'm still writing, I'm still trying to publish, I'm still doing grants. I'm still like working my full-time job. Um, And then I'm trying to be a decent wife (laughs) and, you know, a really good mom. And so, you know, I think it's just time. I mean, I look at my schedule every day and it's different. And so, you know, I've time I've started time blocking from 5am just to figure out what time do I need to get up? Um, You know, am I driving to pick him up from school to take him to an appointment? How long is that going to take? Do I need to talk to my administrative assistants about certain things? Um, And so for me, wellness has to be extremely intentional or, or it won't happen. And so what that looks like for me is one sharing what I want for myself with my husband um, because we are each other's biggest supporters, but we also hold each other accountable. So like, if I tell my husband, like, I want to eat healthy and I'm eating McDonald's, he going to be like, I thought you wanted to eat healthy. <laughs> um, and then he'll even, you know, if I'm not really hearing it, he'll be like, okay, well don't be healthy. You know, we need a healthy mom and vice versa. So I'll say that, to my husband, if he's like, yeah, you know, I really need to start working out and he's not, like we'll hold each other accountable. So that's kind of how we do that. The other really important thing for me has just been um, creating a community. And so at, when we were back, we just recently moved to Missouri um, for a new job, for a new job that I took. My husband um, works from home um, or yeah. Is that work from home? Yeah, yeah, works from home, works virtually, whatever. Um, so we lived in Ohio, which we're both from Ohio. We both have family friends. Like our, we just talked about me going to Ohio state, like our roots are in Ohio. And so, um, even though it was the pandemic and we were challenged with just like who we were going to have around Matthew, we still had a lot of support. So, I mean, my mom would come over every weekend if I needed her to, to just spend time with him, I would get work done. And so moving to Missouri has been a different challenge because we're we're it. Um, We do have one sitter and it sort of worked out because when we first moved here, we didn't have childcare. So we hired a nanny um, who was working with us. My mom was here at the time. So I felt like my mom could keep an eye on her and just show her the different things that Matthew needs. Because one of the things about, you know, having a kid with unique needs is that If you tell them someone you're gonna watch a three-year-old, they have an assumption about what that's like. And that's not necessarily the case with him. Um, And so Matthew loves her. Now that he's in school, she doesn't work for us. Um, She works with another family, but she will watch him on weekends. She loves him. And so we really use that. And so, you know, we might have her watch him once a week. There are times where she, like last week, she watched him Saturday and Sunday. So given um, myself the space to do what it is that I need. um, So Matthew started preschool, was virtual for two or three days, which virtual preschool, I do not recommend, (laughs) Um, but he was virtual for a few days because of COVID. And then we had a snowstorm. And so he was home just for three days. I also was off, but like, so we were together way more than we would typically be. And I just kind of felt like I was not in a good space. And so I just told my husband, I'm like, I'm going to have her come this weekend. And he's like, yeah, let's do that. And I'm like, you know, do you think we just had her last week? And he's like, we need to take care of our mental health. And so, you know, we got a sitter and a lot of times we get a sitter and we do things together, but this time it was like, we did our own thing. Like, I ran out I did errands I took a nap I watched um Netflix like I it's just like so it's just being intentional and I'm blessed that we can pay for certain things um but I also am already starting to like okay who are the people here that I trust who are the people here that I like and at some point I will make an ask absolutely
0: I I'm I'm so proud of you um (laughs) Because I really am. And I, I know that every time I say something, you're like, well, I don't know why. But I really <laughs> am, Marjorie. I'm, I'm so proud of you because I know that, um, you know, for some moms when they move or relocate, especially when they move away from their supports, it can take a while for them to find mm-hmm. their supports. But what I hear you saying is like you pretty immediately was like, look it it can't just be us we we need to find our village our support okay. systems and yes that process takes time because clearly you don't want just anybody right. Um, you know you have to build trust with those people you have to build rapport and relationships with the people and it sounds like you have started the process and you did it pretty immediately mm-hmm. and you're looking to build on and add to it and i'm so grateful that you're doing that and i'm also i really love that you and your partner you know work together to support one another and that he also acknowledges like yo if y'all don't take care of your mental health and your wellness and well-being you cannot be there for matthew and yeah, i know absolutely. i know that that is is your your i know matthew is your pride and joy and so you know and what i love about Balanced working mama is like you know i know that our kids are always going to be like our number ones and i realize that if we don't take care of ourselves we can we just can't be there for them like we want and so i'm so glad to hear that you're doing that um because it, it truly is so 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 important
1: <laughs> yeah and i think you know doing the empower wellness program for me i I think that was the first time where I really was thinking about it intentionally, where before um, it was like I would get to a point where I felt like, oh, gosh, I'm struggling and this is what I need, where with Empower Wellness, I really think it helped me to focus on creating that in just the way that we live our life. So when we moved here, we knew that we were walking away from a support system, and so we had to put that in there very quickly. Um, and that was, I mean, she, we, I mean, we were still unpacking the first time our nanny was at the house. Like, um, and part of that was because I wanted her to be there while we were there so that we could teach her, we could watch her interact with Matthew and, you know, um, but the other part of that was just like, even unpacking, like I needed help. And so my mom was here. um, Thankfully she came with us and, you know, transitioned with us and was here for a month and comes pretty regularly. Um, But it was just really important to me to not lose everything that I had worked so hard for um, through the empower wellness program. And just like, um, you know, I was in counseling at one point, um, just sort of processing sort the traumatic birth experience and everything that came up with that. And so one of the reasons why I felt like we we could move was because I felt like we were healthy as a family and that we had both healed from that. My husband had his own stuff that he had to deal with as well, because um, he couldn't be in the ER with me or OR operating room with me just because of all of the severity. And so that's extremely scary and traumatizing for like, your wife and child to be kind of taken away from you in like pure chaos. Like when I think about that moment where they realized that he was coming, like literally everything changed in that moment. Um, And so I felt like we were in a really healthy place to move. And so for us, it was very important that we did not lose that in this move.
0: Absolutely, wow. Yeah. I'm just so, again, I'm impressed and I'm, I'm really proud of you, um, you. for, for who you are and who you're becoming and who you want to be. And like, mm-hmm. you're, you uh, I cannot even find my words. You're, you're really wanting to like, take this on, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: really committing and being intentional Absolutely. about, your you know, as you navigate this journey. And so with that, I, I kind of just want to ask you, what if you learned to love the most about your own unique experience of motherhood?
1: You know, that's a good question. I know you were going to ask me that and I have a bunch of answers, but I still don't know what my answer is. So I'm just going to talk and we'll see what comes out. You know, I think what I love the most is that um, I feel like I'm walking in my purpose and that has been really reassuring to me. Um, I am, I believe in God. I have a relationship with God. I consider myself a woman of faith. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people, when they hear about our experience are sort of like, how are you okay? And I really feel like at the moments where things were just really unclear, that's what I hung on to was sort of my faith and just this presence that, um, I would be okay. And that has I think, given me confidence in a way that I've never had before. Um, it's given me a sense of clarity at work. So, you know, every once in a while, people will say like nothing rattles you. Um, and part of that is because like I've been through a lot and this is nowhere near um, the level of like stress or trauma that I've been through. And so it really has grounded me in a way that um, makes my priorities is really clear. Um, And that helps me, I think, to navigate life just easier, because I don't feel like it's hard for me to make decisions, because I have a really clear sort of code of ethics and things that matter to me. And so when I'm asked to do things, engage in things, make decisions, like I feel like I have a very clear path of of how we're going to get there. And so that is what I love about this journey. Wow, that was that was a great answer. <laughs> I love it. It was just like all over the
0: place, but okay. Oh, it was good, and it, it's almost as if, and what I kind of heard is like this experience was just truly for you, mm-hmm. and you know. I, so I also am a person of faith, and you know, I I love when I hear people saying that they feel like they're they're walking in their purpose, or um, because it, I feel like when you feel that way, that that is how you know that this what you're doing, the journey you're on was truly meant for you, even if it's Absolutely. hard. Like even if it's mm-hmm. hard, even with the challenges, because. just because you're, you're feeling like you're in your purpose does not mean that there's not going to be challenges. There will mm-hmm. be. Um, so I'm so glad to hear that that's how you feel about life and motherhood and your family. And I'm, I'm just so, I'm here for all of that. Um, so I know that there are so many mamas who have listened to this and they probably have one, been able to relate to your experiences, two, feel connected to you just by your, your openness and willingness to share. Um, but three, they might be wanting to know if you have any other tips or strategies for how they can navigate parenting, whether they have a child with Down syndrome or a child with different needs, Um, do you have any other strategies or tips that have worked really well for you that you might share with other mamas?
1: So I think the first thing is find community, like number one, find community. And like, for me, community looks different. Like there are so many different ways that I've defined my community. So Um, The Down Syndrome Association of Central Ohio um, was so, such a great organization. Like someone from that association came and visited me in the NICU while we were there, um, sent Matthew gifts, sent us gift cards for the hospital. There's a Down Syndrome um, group of the Ozarks here where we're at that they've been really helpful as I navigate through the whole preschool thing. Um, I haven't been as involved just because with COVID (laughs) it's just hard to create new relationships, but they've been phenomenal. Um, there are micro preemie groups I'm involved in. Um, and then I've been really intentional about cultivating people around me who are going to support and love, love on my child. Um, and you know, it's interesting. I always like, I have really good friends and I always say like, I knew I loved them, but when you watch your friends love on your children, it just sort of really just changes the way that, that you view them. And so one fine community, I will also say for me, and I asked my husband what he would say to this and we both, this was his answer. Um, and I had this written down as well is learn to be in the moment and not compare your child. And so for me, that is very, very important. Um, for the most part, I I do not compare Matthew. I mean, he is phenomenal. I mean, he has overcome so much. I watch him grow every day. And so I really live in those moments, but there are going to be times where like you see a three-year-old who goes and ties his shoes and you're like, oh my gosh, wow. Um, every year in school, they're going to sit there and talk to you about where your kid um, lines up to other kids. And so I really try to look at those moments as their way of telling me what sort of support he needs instead of looking at, oh, he's not cutting it. It's really hard. It's probably the thing that I struggle with the most. Um, But also in, in community, get a community who will continue to remind you that you do not need to compare your child. Um, another thing for me, and this might not be for everybody, but for me, it's really important to define myself outside of motherhood. Um, I love being a mom. It is, I mean, it has changed me in ways that I never knew. I mean, I have always been career focused, never thought that, like, there's part of me who thought like, I don't want to love anyone this much, you know, (laughs) like, I don't want to care about anyone this much. Um, but define yourself outside of being a mom. Like, you know, I consider myself an academic. I consider myself, um, like a sports fan. I consider myself a reader and a writer. Um, so find ways to define yourself outside of motherhood. There was a time when I would consider myself a runner. Um, I'm working on redefining sort of that athletic part of me. Um, but that was a work in progress. And then my final thing would just be allow yourself to feel, um, you know, they're, this is hard. Like this is, it's hard to be a parent just in general. Um, it's hard to trust people with your kids. Um, so just allow yourself to feel that. I feel like, you know, for me, a lot of times people see, and this is something that I've been trying to do more intention, be more intentional about, is people see this person who is like extremely resilient, can be really powerful and commanding in certain ways, a huge advocate for her child. But there's also a part of me that is, fearful and can be brought to tears when I think about all of the vulnerability that exists with raising a black male. And then also knowing that he may not understand certain things and and what that means for him. And so um, allow yourself to feel, I try to, I'm trying to be um, more cognizant about sharing that part of me with people, because I think sometimes people think, oh, wow, she's doing really well, I'm not doing it like she's doing it. And like, both are true, like I am doing really well. And I am also fearful and fearful at times. And so I think that is important is just to sort of embrace the nuances of what it's like to to parent our children.
0: Those were amazing. Um, Thank you so much. I, I oh, absolutely
1: really,
0: um like and even for me those resonate so so much especially that last one of like just allowing yourself to feel because I feel like um you and I also can kind of connect in that way people kind of look at me and think oh mm-hmm. she's she's
1: doing oh it. yeah yeah absolutely
0: I'm full of anxiety yeah everything yep. I don't change because I have anxiety like yeah just-
1: yeah
0: and so you know I really appreciate you saying that um because I think You know, people kind of look to moms, especially moms with children with different needs as like, wow, you're the superwoman. And it's like, yes and no. You know,
1: absolutely, you are human. Mm
0: -hmm. Like, yes, you are doing well. You're accomplishing these things. You're 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 keeping things going, and you also need a a soft landing space Mm -hmm. sometimes too. And so, you know, I'm I really am so grateful for you for coming on and speaking about this, but also just to like be connected and in in your circle. Like, I'm absolutely, you're good people. (laughs) You are same way about you so you know I I really appreciated our connection and so is there anything else you want to share with the mom is listening and or where can they connect with you if they would like to
1: um so I, I don't know if there's anything else I'd like to share that I can think of I'm open to questions you know sometimes people are like oh I'm not exactly sure what to say or how to ask like don't be afraid to mess up and ask me a question i'll tell you how i prefer that you say things or ask and then i'll answer it um so feel free to reach out um dr m shavers is my twitter handle and academic marjorie is my instagram um i if you go to dr m shavers on instagram that is also my account and you'll find me um if you're interested in matthew's journey um he has the instagram it's called matthew's mighty village And so we use that just to like keep people up to date on, you know, what he's doing. Um, I guess the last thing, so like one of the things that I always say to Matthew, and I think like I tell myself this when I'm really struggling, and I used to like sing this to him in the NICU, and it was just because like, I felt so anxious. And so I had to have one thing that I said all the time when I didn't feel like I could talk to him or different things like that. And so I would say, you know, I'm so glad you're here this is hard and guess what? Shavers do hard things. And so, I mean, I mean that for moms too, like this is hard, but we do hard things and you know, we're built for this. So if there's anything else I could say, you know, that that would be it.
0: Thank you so much. (laughs) You got me all emotional.
1: Oh, goodness,
0: yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know that, you know, there's going to be mamas listening to this who will get a lot of great value out of this. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. Hey mama, thank you for listening to the Balanced Working Mama podcast. If you love this podcast, please be sure to rate it and share it with another mama that you know. And don't forget to follow me and Balance Working Mama on Instagram. I'll talk to you soon.